Hey there, Dominic Steele with the Pastor's Heart Ministry Tip. And today, would Jesus like me on Facebook? I am in isolation till tomorrow with COVID. I've been down with COVID for a few days. And so the Pastor's Heart is actually going to come out late, a day late this week for the first time in four years. Rob Smith is our guest tomorrow on transgender issues. And in the meantime, this is me from my office at home with a few tips on the pastor and social media. Um, First, you as a pastor are not a private Christian. You are a leader. That is true. People watch you. They look to you to give an example in life and godliness. I mean, we look to the Apostle Paul for his example. Wow. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. The members of our church, they look to us for an example. 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone despise your youth. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and in purity. Until I come, give your attention to public reading, exhortation, teaching. Don't neglect your gift that's in you. It was given you through prophecy with the laying out of hands by the Council of Elders. Practice these things. Be committed to them so your progress may be evident to all. Pay attention, close attention to your life and teaching. Persevere in these things, for in doing this you'll save both yourself and your hearers. So we are to set an example for the believers. Now, this is not just in real life. This is in online behavior as well, in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. We're to give attention to public reading, to exhortation and teaching. Uh, and we're to do it before the, the congregation. And in doing it, we save both ourselves and our hearers. Now, that's got to have an application for our social media conduct. So I want to say, pastor, leader, public Christian, be aware that everything you write on social media will have an impact, either for good or bad. That's true in our general conversation, but it's true in social media interactions. And what we must not do is imagine or pretend that no one is watching. Often, something you might say, even as a potentially careless aside on social media, will have a far bigger audience and potentially a far bigger positive or negative impact than what you might say in a carefully considered way in a Sunday presentation. So, second point, shine like stars in a crooked and perverted medium. I mean, that's really what the Apostle Paul says, Philippians 2.5, so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world. So we want to be in it, in this crooked and perverted medium, But we want to be in it in order to shine like stars, to be blameless and pure, to have a positive influence. I want to say things positive about the Lord Jesus, and I want to model how Christianly to respond to different situations. On positive posts, I'm thinking about the shopkeepers in Annandale, who I know are my Facebook friends, the guy who owns the fish and chip shop, the... um, the, the lady who owns the cafe, the mayor, the councillors, the MP, a stack of different journalist-type people, neighbours, school parents. They're all my Facebook friends. I'm trying to have an in-real-life relationship with them. I'm trying to commend the Lord Jesus, and they're watching my Facebook posts. And so I'm asking myself in every post, every post, how can I make a little ground for the gospel? If it's a post about holidays or celebrating somebody's wedding or a family moment or an anniversary, I'm trying to ask, is there an opportunity for a little ground for the gospel here? Um, Or if somebody posts about a concern or a difficulty, I mean, and we know that it's in suffering that the gospel comes into its strong suit. 
And so often I'll just try, I've just stopped and prayed for you. And I make sure that that is true. I do stop and I pray for them. And then I write that sentence. Um, I, I stopped a long time ago writing, I will pray for you, because I, I know that I would forget. So I pray for them right then and then let them know that I have. And you know what? I've been doing that for long enough now that some of my non-Christian friends have seen and noticed and sometimes now even ask me on Facebook to pray for them. And so I try to do it lots because I, I, I think it would be good if my non-Christian friends knew that I was praying lots because I believe that God could answer prayer, that I am dependent on God, because that's a true thing. Now, flowing from that third point, be aware that unbelievers and believers are lurking, watching all your comments and posts. Um, Sometimes I am aghast at what I see posted by some pastors on Facebook. I think either this pastor must have no non-Christian social media friends or followers, or they're just not thinking because they'll have posted a topic on public Facebook open to all their inter- their Facebook friends that really is an internal church discussion topic. And in what they've said, they have not been wise in what they say before the outsiders. And so I want to say, Pastor, you shouldn't just have Christian friends in real life and you shouldn't just have Christian friends on social media. You want to have non-Christian friends in real life and non-Christian friends in social media. So I think it is bad practice for you to host internal Christian discussions on your public Facebook wall. I remember one of my children observing how poor form they thought it was to see pastors from differing neighbouring churches who they looked up to squabbling on Facebook and one of my kids observing, doesn't this person have non-Christian Facebook friends? So I want to say, think about every post, not just in terms of how will this post be received by the members of my church, how will this post be received by my ministry peers, but how will this post be received by the non-Christian who might potentially accept Christ, who might potentially come to our church, who are watching? So... For example, I'm very careful about which pastor's heart topics I share on my personal Facebook page. I did choose to share the episode this week about anxiety with Paul Grimmond. Um, I just thought Paul gave the the unbeliever, as well as the believer, a very helpful model of how a Christian might think about that contemporary topic and that that might help be a stepping stone for an unbeliever processing their journey towards Christian faith. Tomorrow's episode about sexuality, identity and transgender, I'm unlikely to share on my public Facebook wall, not because I want to shy away from that topic of my non-Christian friends necessarily, but because I prefer to frame the discussion differently. The discussion I want to have with the ministry leader on that topic is a different discussion to the conversation I want to have with the unbeliever on that topic. Be wise about how you act before outsiders. Um, which which kind of also relates to sometimes, you know, a particular topic is a Pandora's box of a topic. And whereas what you might say in your initial post might be considered wise and building up, are you going to introduce a topic that with just a little forethought, you might have reflected that this is going to cause an explosion, blow up in your face. And in the end, the various back and forward that gets posted is going to damage the cause of Christ. So I would say, Don't just think, what am I going to say? But also think, where is this discussion likely to go next? And is this the place for it? Which prompts me to say, face-to-face is better. 
for real controversy, for real difficulty. Just note the New Testament's priority and preference of face-to-face communication. Paul says, Romans 1.11, I want very much to see you, so I may impart some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Or 1 Thessalonians 3.6, Now Timothy has come to us from you, has brought good news about your faith and love, and reported that you always have good memories of us, wanting to see us as we want to see you. Paul wants to see them. There's a recognition that communication face-to-face is better. And experientially, I would say that every time I've had a conversation where there's any difficulty, any conflict, any confusion, it is so much better done face-to-face. And so that leads me to say, I want to have generally outsider-focused material on our church Facebook page and our main website and have insider-focused material on our internal church Facebook groups. The web page, the Facebook page of the church should be pitched at the potential person who might come to church and they need to look alive. They need to look as if this is a place where people come and have attended in the last little while. Um, What you shouldn't be doing is posting the internal stuff, the AGM agenda and reports outlining problems. Therefore, I want to say there is a real value in Facebook groups where discussions with like-minded people can happen freely. I really appreciate ministers' Facebook groups um, where there can be robust discussion take place not in front of the outsider. Um, But even then, remember... Anything that you write isn't ultimately private. You do need to think about where it might end up. And so I don't see anything that I write online as in the end completely private. And then lastly, just be aware of the expectations and the risks of the medium you're operating in. Although I think of social media as a primarily a broadcast media where I'm publishing information um, that and the information I'm publishing is generally public to build up others to glorify Christ, you do need to pay your dues that it is actually social media. And so people do expect family snaps and things like that. Remember a lady saying to me, she posts on her platform, a third promote Christ, a third family shots, fluffy cats, and a third various other issues. And I thought that's actually not bad. I mean, that did reflect who she was in her various interests and and in real life. And the person she was online is the same person she was um, in real life. But when you post stuff about you, ask yourself, what is my motive? Is it promote me? Is it show off me? Is it I am wonderful? I want you to see that I am wonderful. Or are in the end, are you attempting to promote Jesus and his causes and turn the spotlight away from me? I mean, you do have to do some stuff about you. Um, as part of paying your dues for it to be social media. And some of it can be fun. I mean, the issue of how much you say about me is the same issue, really, with sermons. I mean, with illustrations in sermons. The illustration constantly has me as the hero. And the social media post constantly has me as the hero. Then I think there is a real problem, a real ego problem with that. Last, last point, privacy. You might be a public Christian, but others around you aren't. And so just be careful to respect their privacy issues. Everybody I've noticed has different levels of sensitivity here and we need to respect that. I'm talking about taking photos of people, tagging people in photos, things you say about people. It's just an issue to be careful of. So thanks for listening to us on this Pastor's Heart Ministry Tip and back tomorrow with an interview with Rob Smith. Cheers, God bless. 
Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.